Hello, everybody. This is Alexander Johnson with The Real Investment Show. Um, and today I'm joined by Manuel Rensink, who is the CEO and founder of Desync Labs. Yeah. Who came here today on his motorbike. I did. So how long have you been riding motorbikes, Manuel? Uh, well, thanks for having me here, uh, Alex. Hey, I've welcome. I've been riding since the age of, uh, well, mopeds since 15 or so, and then... Uh, you know, the thing is, I grew up in Holland, so I had to go to school every day, uh, like 10 kilometers to go, and then 10 kilometers back, plus a paper round. So, so you used to do your paper round on the motorbike? No, no, that was all on the bicycle. So by the time I was 18, I'm like, I'll never ride a bike again. So I'm, <laughs> I straight away got a motorbike from the age of 18, a uh, Moto Guzzi V65. Okay, excellent. Well, I guess your 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 helmet is very good because you don't seem to have helmet hair. So, uh, you know, it's obviously got some special protection in there to protect from that. No, no, that was all your your uh, hair and makeup staff that helped with that, of course. Possibly, yeah, yeah, yeah. possibly. So on to, on to, you know, what you're doing, let's say, you know, other than riding, riding motorbikes. So what does Desync Labs do? So Desync Labs is a Dubai-based uh, company based in the JLT. Uh, that uh, that is a software how we develop software uh, on behalf of clients uh, in the uh, and so we build some of our own stuff as well in the fintech space. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Do you specialize in any particular asset class or um, or not? Yeah, so we uh, we deal with uh, a number of asset classes and we specialize in um, in tokenized asset classes. So it can be anything. It can be gold. It can be. Uh, can be equities, can be fixed income instruments, can be real estate, but uh, tokenized, which means that we um, uh, we enable those assets, so we we put them on blockchain rails as well, uh, and we feed those assets into uh, so-called smart contracts. Okay, interesting. So, I mean, obviously, everybody kind of by now has heard of crypto. There's a lot of terminology that you know people are kind of not necessarily unclear on, or it's confusing. You know, can you kind of give us a high level, you know, this is obviously an investment show. So some of the people that are watching or listening probably already invest in things like crypto or equities or real estate or whatever asset class, some of which you mentioned just now can be tokenized. So what does that actually mean, tokenizing? What does blockchain mean? You know, I know you have uh, your own podcast, which, uh, you know, is very engaging, but also very technical. So I think for our for our audience, you know, if you could make it sort of, you know, of course, our audience is extremely intelligent, but slightly less technical than on your podcast. Yeah, I know. I totally get it. If you're not in the space, it must be super confusing. And to be honest, even I'm in the space and I've been in the space since, you know, as actively as a professionally, I, w I should say, since uh, 2016, I still learn uh, every day. So, yeah, it's it's a huge subject. Uh, crypto is the all-encompassing term for you know these thousands and thousands of tokens out there. Some of them are digitally native, such as Bitcoin, uh, that people have heard of Ethereum, mm -hmm. uh, and some of them are um, backed by so-called real-world assets, and then those are the you know the tokenized assets. So, for instance, uh, we um, in, my, in my previous company, uh, we as currency, we we would tokenize, for instance. Uh, gold funds or, or treasury ETFs. Okay. Uh, basically take something that's out there that's being traded on an exchange in the in the so-called real world. Yeah. Um, or you could say in the legacy financial uh, world, also called TradFi, 
and put it on blockchain rails so tokenize it make it uh, a digital copy that can then be uh, transferred on blockchain why would somebody need for example if if you know you mentioned that gold fund why would it not just be the case that i would invest into the gold fund what benefits does tokenization offer for an investor yeah so um so it is a different distribution channel so uh, one one thing is distribution so um, if you're an asset manager and and you're working with uh, you know in in the US for instance you work with your uh, registered investment advisors as brokers uh, you can you know that there is a certain target market for that but as soon as you put it on on blockchain rails then you know the world is your oysters so it is, uh, immediately this asset becomes global um, thereafter there are of course compliance requirements in different jurisdictions but this can all be built into the technology uh, so that's one big reason is distribution. And then the other reason is that, for instance, when it comes to a, a fund or a, a bond, for instance, there is always minimum investment level. So for a bond, usually you need you know, 200000 250000 uh, dollars, but with uh, with crypto, you can bring that ticket down to you know $10 if you want to. Okay. Obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of real estate. You know, is there obviously there's real estate investment trusts, which are basically funds where the fund will go and invest in you know a bunch of commercial or residential real estate, package it into a you know into typically an equity like asset, and then list that on an exchange. Can tokenization be applied to the real estate industry or real estate as an asset class? Absolutely. So whole. Uh, you mentioned the real estate fund. So that's the right way to do it, actually. So you would tokenize the shares in that fund uh, or you would uh, tokenize uh, real estate investment streams. So over a portfolio of, of real estate holdings that produce rental income, you can tokenize that. What uh, I'm very skeptical of or what some people try to do and, and, and none of them have done it successfully is to you know, tokenize one building um, and that that then um, uh, becomes much more problematic because you can't really tokenize a deed, um, and uh, and you know what ha- what happens if there is damage to the building or change of ownership in in the real world or in the courts. Sure. Uh, so that's not the right way. So it needs to be done kind of across through portfolio rather than yeah. a single single asset, and always through a fund structure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But obviously, look, there's a fundamental difference anyway from an investor's point of view of owning an asset themselves and directly being able to go and touch that versus owning, you know, shares or tokens in a in a, you know, piece of real estate, Absolutely. right? It's yeah. a, it's a different different kind of uh, entity or different different game that you're playing that Absolutely. way. Yeah. yeah. So, um okay, interesting. And obviously you mentioned at the beginning that you'd set up the business uh, here in Dubai. Um, you know, other than the fact that you've been in Dubai for some years, what was the reason for deciding to set up this kind of business here? Uh, yeah, so I've been in Dubai 14 years. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, a, a bit of background. I first came here with a uh, with a fintech company called Riskmetrics Group, which, which was a spin-off of JP Morgan. Um, I, I was uh, head of Europe and Lease in Africa. That company got bought by another big uh, player called MSCI. High. Uh, based in the IFC, they are still around. It's quite a quite a large company. Um, after that, uh, I left. After that, I uh, started working for family office, doing all kinds of investments. Uh, and, and, you know, family offices here. You know, their big plays, of course, real estate. So that's you know always the biggest part of the portfolio. And then and then often private equity and private debt. Um, uh, 
And uh, but did I do after the family office? I started working for this company called Currency, which is a leader in in tokenization, as just mentioned. Uh, and I just recently spun off with um, with a number of uh, my colleagues from that company, uh, and uh, yeah, to focus on uh, you know, on on the real, uh, I would say, uh, real, real deep tech that uh, that we were interested in. We, at Currency, we were we had kind of a labs that we were running and like an internal lab uh, with very experimental uh, technology and we just wanted to take that uh, you know, further and commercialize it. Okay, yeah. interesting, interesting. So I noticed on your LinkedIn that you're, you've got one of those hiring banners. So, you know, is, is one of the reasons for setting up in Dubai because of the, the labor pool? I mean, who are you looking to hire? Who do you mostly employ in the business? Yeah, I mean, I think Dubai has definitely become quite an interesting market. Uh, also, from from the talent perspective, that that used to be always the problem here. And to be honest, for most businesses, talent is still the bottleneck. Uh, but uh, that, that's a global problem. I yeah, think. exactly. You know, I mean, I had have a business in the U.S. and it was definitely a problem. Yeah, there it's always well. the problem. Yeah, for good businesses. Yeah, um, but uh, Dubai, especially in the last five years, and 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 due to the work that the regulators have done here, uh, the FSRA in Abu Dhabi, uh, Vahara here in Dubai, um, uh, even ESCA, I mean, they're, they're quite open-minded. Uh, they're taking uh, quite an open approach to, uh, to the whole sector. Uh, and because of that, a lot of companies have come here from the US, mm-hmm. uh, from Singapore. I mean, they also did a very good job at the COVID crisis, I think. Yeah, at that time, a lot of companies moved here. Yeah, uh, and with that, we now have like a you know a significant talent pool in in both Abu Dhabi and Dubai. So so that's good. Um, but even so, of course, we are a disputed company, and we have people in uh, Brazil and in Armenia and in Ukraine and uh, Turkey and Korea. So wow, yeah. okay, so truly a global company. But again, you know, I guess having the head office here in Dubai from a time zone point of view, from a travel point of view, is very convenient. Yeah, time zone, travel, fantastic airport, quality of life, uh, and then the ecosystem. You have your L1, uh, so blockchains. You have uh, apps that build on blockchains. You have um, uh, capital capital companies that, that have assets that can be tokenized. Uh, time zone, yeah, it's, it's such a hub here, you know, to cover both uh, Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and Europe. Uh, and still, even with New York, you can uh, you can still have uh, conference calls with New York at uh, at reasonable hours. So it's uh, yeah, fantastic, good infrastructure, quality of life. You're looking to hire? Are they sort of more on the tech side or sales, or what are the what are the people that you're looking for at the moment? Yeah, so we're looking for software engineers, always good software engineers, front engineers, um, uh, smart contract engineers, as well as uh, marketing people. You know, everything is now on socials. Sure. Uh, so to to maintain a good presence there, what we do is quite uh, complicated. So you know, part of the job is really educating the market as well. Okay. Is that? Um, I mean, who's who's your typical customer? Um, to be honest, our typical customer would be sophisticated investors or qualified investors. They wouldn't be your your average um, uh, investor with uh, you know, but it would five thousand dollar portfolio or so. So it's either um, uh, sophisticated investors, uh, hedge funds, um, but also uh, institutions that are looking for, uh, for, in, for instance, uh, lending solutions, uh, and asset managers. 
Okay. So I know a crypto exchange would be someone like, I guess, Coinbase or Kraken or somebody yep. like that. Um, again, we're not giving any investment advice here, just to be clear, or, you know, promoting anybody over another, just giving people some examples. What's a blockchain foundation? Uh, so a blockchain foundation is an organization, usually a nonprofit organization that uh, that really governs the blockchain. So be it um, a blockchain like Ethereum, okay. or, you know, there's, there's so many now, but uh, an L1 blockchain, a, a layer one blockchain, as we would call it. Okay. Uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, SUI, XDC, any any of those. Um, in terms of your personal investment, do you allocate a certain percentage of your um, investment pot to the blockchain sector? Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, it's quite a quite a big percentage, uh, actually, and I don't know exactly how much, but uh, and 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 certainly the 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 part of my portfolio that I spend most time on. So from a from a time perspective, uh, yeah, I spend a lot of time uh, working with uh, DeFi protocols, cash staking protocols. Um, so I'm, I'm a bit of a degen, as it as it's called. What does uh, that mean? A, de a degenerate, uh, okay. you know, somebody okay. just piles uh, money into um, in, into certain protocols or tokens and then uh, gets out. It's an interesting term. I wouldn't call an investor a degenerate <laughs> normally, but no, it's a crypto go. term. Okay, um, but uh, I think with with age, I'm, I'm more going in into staking. So there's this concept that's called proof of stake which is kind of a yield that is uh, derived from um, providing security to a protocol. So it's it's tech-enabled yield. And, and as you know, as everybody knows, you know, there, there are only so many uh, sources of yield, and this is kind of a brand new source of yield, tech-enabled or tech-native, which is uh, quite amazing, and which was all accelerated when uh, Ethereum move from proof of work to proof of stake but in terms of the you know you can get in the uae now on your dirhams you can get you know six plus percent on uh -huh. deposits uh -huh. instant access so Amazing. what kind of it is absolutely um what kind of yield can you typically get on these is it staking is that what you call it uh, yeah so obviously the yield varies a lot i mean on uh, on stable coins it varies from uh, you know one percent to five percent uh, but it can it, you know you can make it as complex and depending on your risk appetite it can go you know way up yeah uh, but it's true that uh, right now it's uh, interest rates going up here in in uae and my bank in uh, you know i can I, I won't mention the bank, but you can. Yeah, okay. we talk about I, I, well. Okay, good because I, I really like these guys. Wyo. Yeah. So they. Uh, I would call them Wio. Oh, Wio. You, know, you say yeah. Wio. Yeah. I say Wio. <laughs> exactly. Let's call the whole thing. So yeah, as you said, six percent, and there's no lock-in. They're going to change it as of first of Jan, but still five or five and a half percent. Yeah. Uh, so that becomes very competitive. Absolutely. Uh, and I think MashRec, you know, I've seen recently have also, sorry for kicking you there. there well. I think MashRec, MashRec have also, uh, also come out with a product. I think there's a bit of a lock in there, but it's 6.25%. So I think even the conventional banks are waking up yeah, to yeah. waking up to this. I also, you know, big fan of WeAre. I think we mentioned them in one of our previous podcasts, just in terms of, again, for people moving to Dubai, super super easy yeah. you know no need to go to a bank you can just open everything as soon as you've got your emirates id you can open the bank account you can have multiple currency accounts fx rates are amazing um you know so i mean that's another example of where technology is really disrupting a 
kind of legacy business yeah. um, in the in the banking world. Great uh, UI UX, and they just uh, just enabled uh, investments as well. So share investments, so you can invest in thousands of international stocks. So yeah, pretty easy. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I, didn't, I, I mean, I uh, I have quite a lot of uh, my portfolio in 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 stocks as well. I uh, I use. Ohio, but also a different broker, mm-hmm. interactive brokers, which I think everybody uses. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, uh, a lot of the wealth is also tied up in uh, real estates. And okay. here. And so when did you buy your first, two questions, when did you buy your first property full stop? When did you buy your first property in Dubai? Or is it the same? My first property I bought in London. I, uh, I used to live in London before Dubai. And uh, I think that was in 2004. Uh, and uh, and then our house here we bought two and a half years ago. Um, a lot of the guys that are in the I'm just going to call it you know crypto blockchain space. Um, a lot of the guys that are in that space are also you know there's an interest in precious metals. You know personally, again, you know I like precious metals. I like physical gold and physical silver. So you use this word degen. Um, earlier and I think you know historically people that have invested in into precious metals have also been sort of seen as somewhat kind of you know outcasts to the traditional invest in mutual funds people um, do you see a lot of similarities between you know the the gold and silver the metals world and also what you're doing in crypto because um, a lot of people seem to be in both yeah, and I think that stems from uh, you know the or- origins of crypto, which is of course Bitcoin, and that was Bitcoin's uh, original intent was to become uh, e-cash, an alternative to uh, to uh, uh, money printed by the government and uh, more you know hard value kind of uh, uh, currency. I was going to say some people would object to you using the word money for currency that's printed by the government. Um, but yeah, the U.S. dollar is is a good store of value, and uh, these printing machines uh, keep buzzing. So, uh, so I, I, so a lot of people, even in the Bitcoin community, are gold box. They would like to see, for instance, U.S. dollar being pegged back to to gold or to to physical uh, metal. Um, and then there's also, I think, part of the community that thinks, well, you know, gold was always, always a bit of a, you know, a yesterday.com investment. Uh, and so, you know, Bitcoin kind of took that place. Bitcoin took a while to find its real use case and then kind of settled on digital gold. Um, and so it's just a, another form of, of gold, I think. Yeah, personally, I'm not I'm not such a, a gold bug, but I, I see, I understand, of course, why people would go into it. It's a good um, store of value. It's a good uh, uh, asset to go into uh, in terms in times of inflation or in times of uncertainty. And you know, it's performed pretty well over the last five years, sixty uh, percent or so. I mean, again, I think one of the things, you know, crypto. If we take Bitcoin for example, you know, again, personally invested in Bitcoin, and you know there's a lot of volatility there in terms of in terms of kind of you know i mean the the market seems to be rallying again right now as we record this but you know who knows what tomorrow will bring right i think you mentioned inflation i mean we've had incredible inflation um over the last few years kind of during and post covid um and as you said gold silver uh, you know particularly gold is seen as an insurance if you like against inflation um 
but without the volatility of crypto. So do do you think that, you know, things like the, the more commonly adopted crypto like Bitcoin and Ethereum, do you see that they will get to a point where the volatility will kind of stabilize and they won't be, they'll be more stable in the way that gold is? Um, I don't know. Um, so, I mean, I'd, first of all, I don't think crypto is a good investment for a majority of people because of the... Why, the, why is that? Because of the volatility. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. I mean, if you look over the last five years, as I mentioned, gold went up like 60%, but, um, um, you know, maybe Bitcoin probably something like 1,500%. So that's good. Um, and if you well, it's good if you bought at the right time. Yeah, if you bought at the right time and never sold and, and didn't lose your Bitcoin. Uh, yeah. Um, so you... So first of all, you know, the advice is always, you know, limit the, the percentage of your portfolio that you would put into crypto. And secondly, if you don't have the, the stomach, if you don't, if you, if you check your portfolio every day, then crypto is definitely it's not, not the thing. <laughs> um, and gold is much safer. And so depending on who you are, what your circumstances are, I mean, yeah, it, it might definitely not be a good asset class for you, crypto. Okay. Uh, and, and gold has its, uh, on a risk adjusted basis, uh, uh, performs a major function, I think, in many portfolios. So, yeah, I think it's a good investment. And, of course, um, uh, you can also buy tokenized gold. So, uh, there's a very good company here in uh, in uh, DMCC, regulated by DMCC, yeah. backed by the government or, or uh, you know, working very closely with the government there uh, that uh, that has tokenized gold there called uh, Comtech and uh, okay. friends of ours. Interesting. Yeah. So, in terms of, you know, obviously you're a tech guy, Manuel. Um, in terms of sort of the real estate industry, um, you know, we've got things like we've got the portals and we've got, you know, a number of areas where, for example, the land department have got amazing technology. You know, there's no more paper contracts. Everything's paperless. Everything's done through apps and computers and so on. Do you think there are other opportunities for technology to kind of, disrupt and or improve the the real estate industry as a whole yeah for sure there is i am i think um i think in my opinion there are you know smart buildings are a way forward right uh, there's so much technology there from from the concrete to the sensors to these uh you know these uh, sun panels that 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 change by the time of day and and make sure that and the the building is always hated yeah to um yeah to to really measuring and and using ai to optimize uh, um the consumption of electricity for a building um that's that's a big industry now um so i think we're you know at at the beginning of an eco revolution there's lots a, of lots of room i was going to say there's a lot of opportunities there's a lot of buzzwords there yeah, so okay good good so a, a question that we ask everybody who comes on the show is what advice would you give innocent or a sentence to your 25-year-old self? Yeah, one piece of advice comes to mind uh, when I was, I think, 30. I, uh, I had my first child and, uh, and of course, this is all very new as all new parents uh, know. So I asked my uh, manager, Martin, who had five kids, uh, said, hey, Martin, do you have any advice for me? And uh, he said, yes, never listen to any advice. Just do what you think is best. Follow your heart. Yeah, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Okay, good, good stuff. Um, and then for those of you, obviously, you're, you know, you're looking to hire at the moment. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? 
Um, I'm, of course, on uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, etc. Or my email is uh, manuel at desyncollabs.com. Okay, excellent. It was great to uh, spend time with you today, Manuel. Thanks for coming in. Wish you all the best for the new year. My pleasure and uh, all the best with your podcast, of course. Thank you so much. Cheers.